Welcome to the Live Well Tampa podcast, where we connect you with the best health minds in Tampa to help you feel well, eat well, and live well on your journey to living a healthier life. Now, before we begin this episode, we would like to invite you to join the Live Well Tampa Community Facebook group, connecting you with others like yourself who are searching for ways to not only get healthier, but stay healthy for life through the guidance of Tampa's top healthcare professionals, including physical therapists, physicians, trainers, massage therapists, and more. We would also like to invite you to reach out to us at renewalrehabpt at gmail.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Live Well Tampa podcast. And today I have Shannon on the show. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I'm so freaking happy to be here. So, Shannon, the first question we ask everybody on the podcast is what brought you to the Tampa area? So, funny enough, I am a native Floridian. I don't know how many people you guys have had on the show that can say they are native Floridian. If I'm the first, I'm going to feel so special. I think you might be uh, one of the first. <laughs> yeah, I'm a native Floridian. I moved away for a couple of years out to the Midwest and, and made my way back home about four years ago. And it feels so good to be back. This is definitely where I belong. Oh, I love that. So wait, how long have you been here then? So I've been here really my life. whole life. Yeah. And then I moved away for about five years and I came back in 2017. Oh, look at you. And now you're back in the sunshine state. It's beautiful down here. It's so gorgeous. Like I always say we live where people vacation. We're so blessed to be in this area and to be able to witness the beauty that this area brings. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It is amazing. What is your favorite part about the Tampa area? Oh my goodness. I just love, first of all, people here are so friendly and there's so many small communities that have so much to offer. So I'm from the Pinellas County side of the Bay and like you've got Gulfport and then you've got downtown Clearwater and you have Safety Harbor and you have Dunedin. You have these little pockets, Tarpon Springs, like these little pockets of culture and they're all different. And I just love that you can hop around different areas of Pinellas County and get a totally different feel, different vibe, different energy, and still be within the same county. It's so cool. No, I love it. I think it's really amazing. And I love, they have a lot of people down here. You have a lot of different healthcare professionals down here too, like yourself. So if you want to talk about how do you help people live well, because that's what this podcast is all about, helping people live well in the Tampa area. Yes. So I am a registered dietitian nutritionist in the state of Florida. I have had a private practice within the state for a little bit over two years now. And what I do is what I kind of describe as science meets soul. So it's clinical nutrition meets the emotional and mental relationship with food, body image, and our sense of self. So I help people align these two things so that they can nourish their mind, body, and soul feel their best, look their best, and have the energy to go do their best. I love that. It's all about feeling well, living well, and eating well. And that's a big yes. part of what you do. Yes. Oh my gosh. It kind of goes perfectly with the podcast. I'm not going to lie. It does. <laughs> it does. How long have you been a dietitian? And also what got you into that in the first place? So I've been a dietitian about three years. I got into it because I knew that I wanted to work in healthcare, 
but the original route that I was going to take was no longer feasible for me. So I kind of pivoted. And at the time I was a personal trainer for about a decade and I realized how paramount the relationship between wellness, physical activity and nutrition all kind of braided together. And I had the physical activity part down being a trainer for so long, but I felt like I was missing the mark when it came to teaching about people about nutrition. So I went back to school and I became a dietitian and everything changed for me from there. Once I realized it goes so much deeper, our relationship with food, it goes so much deeper than calories in or calories out or what food choices we're, we're making or not making. There are so many layers to the relationship with food and that is my passion now is helping people peel back the layers to the relationship of food so they can heal the foundations, learn the foundations of nutrition, and then employ, employ them in their lives to feel better and to live well. There you go. Look at that keyword there. Love it. <laughs> and so how long does it take to be a dietitian? Because some people, there's this misconception, right, between um, nutritionist and correct me if I'm using these wrong words, nutritionist versus dietitian, and people are a little confused with this. Yes. So it's funny because I actually have a dietetic intern working with me now and her and I were talking about this. Someone asked her this recently and she kind of, she kind of joked with me and she laughed and she said, well, I told them only four years and about a thousand hours of supervised practice between the two. So it's kind of funny if you're on the inside, because literally anybody can go online and get a nutritionist certification in a matter of a couple of hours or a weekend course, right? Whereas a dietitian, we are backed by a science-based accredited college degree in the field, as well as about a year of supervised practice similar to a doctor going through residency. So we learn a lot of hands-on medical nutrition therapy that goes a lot deeper into the clinical knowledge and the behavioral knowledge when it comes to food than, than you would ever get in a, in a matter of hours with an online course. And for like dietitians, you guys also work in hospitals and some people are kind of mind blown by that. They're like, what the heck do you do in a hospital as a dietitian? Yeah. So a dietitian, we can work in a very vast array of career fields falling under the umbrella of being a dietitian. So like I highlighted earlier, I have a private practice. It's science meets soul. I've I do work as a part of a hospital healthcare system as well. And in the hospital setting, we can be in outpatient care or acute care, meaning we're helping people with tube feeding formula or IV nutrition. We're helping make sure that their nutrition related blood labs are balanced appropriately. We're offering them supplemental nutrition when they're just not getting enough. And we're helping with the overall prognosis and care within an interdisciplinary care team. On an outpatient setting, that may look like providing patient and family education on how to eat well or, or eat healthy on a budget or how to manage your diabetes at home or how to flip the composition of your meals to better benefit your heart health. It's a lot more kind of education and application on the outpatient setting side 
versus inpatient. Um, it's a lot more clinical. And then there are dietitians out there who work in the food service industry. So well-known companies like the Cliff Bar brand or the Kind brand, Lara Bar brands, all of these brands, many of them have dietitians on their staff helping to not only create the nutrition labels, but also come up with new products and make sure that they're balanced in the way that that company is, is aiming for, for their, for their clientele. I think that's really interesting. Cause I actually didn't think about that, about Larabar and Cliff Bar and all these things. And you guys can do so much within dietetics. And I love what you guys do. Um, and if I am a regular old person on the street and I went to go see you and I'm like, I need help with my food. I don't feel right. I've been having some gut issues. What does a session look like with you in your private practice? Like what are the first few things you kind of dig through? So I always sit down and have a conversation with the number one goal of meeting my patient right where they are. Who am I to come into a situation where you have probably been eating the way that you've eating, been eating for more than a decade, several decades for most people, right? If we're thinking about people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and older, we're talking about three, four, five, six decades of eating habits, patterns, behaviors. So I sit down simply trying to meet my patient where they are right now. It's not my job to come in and say, everything that you're doing is wrong. Here's what you should be doing right. That doesn't benefit them. It doesn't serve me. So instead, I meet you where you are. We look at your health history, your eating patterns, your habits, your behaviors, your physical fitness, your sleep, your stress, your relationships, who does the cooking and grocery shopping for the home, what does your work schedule look like, all of these things, as well as the emotional side. Do you find yourself bored at night, sitting on the couch, eating mindlessly and not even realizing until you're in the bottom of the bowl of popcorn? Do you find yourself, you know, stress eating or grabbing something quick often because there's not a lot of time to plan. And so it means that you're choosing fast food, but you're also trying to lose weight. And how do we balance those things? And so I take where you are right now and help you forge a path forward and then act as your guide along the way. Really, it's your journey. I'm just along as a part of it. And, and so that's kind of how I help people. And then we start forming those small achievable goals on a weekly or biweekly basis that help people feel motivated because they can attain these goals and they they're seeing forward progress and they're starting to feel better. And then next thing, you know, we're hitting bigger goals from there. So it's just, it's really incredible to see that progress from the very first session when we start digging in to when we're a few sessions in and are starting to really see some radical shifts. Oh, absolutely. And especially if people have been eating this way for a long time, it's really important to get into the behavior change, right? That's hard. That is not an easy thing to do. And people love those specific foods and they do not want to let go of them. Do you work on that through meal planning? So I am a non-restrictive dietitian. What exactly does that mean? Um, because I think that a lot of people, when they think about a dietitian or a nutritionist, they think, I'll just give me a meal plan. Tell me what to eat. And I understand the rationale because as human beings, we want things easy. Just tell me what to eat. I'll go buy it. I'll cook it. I'll eat it. It'll be fine. Right. But I would rather teach you how to eat 
because reality is you're going to have an event or you're going to have a work lunch or you're going to go out to dinner with your your partner or you're going to go for drinks with your friends or whatever and that meal plan suddenly doesn't fit the mold of the food that's in front of you so now what do we do right and a lot of people unfortunately they'll cling to this meal plan and they may step off the plan because of life intervening life events etc and then there's this like self shame and guilt spiral that comes from it because oh my gosh i fell off my meal plan and now i got to do double the cardio tomorrow and i got to cut my calories on monday and this and that instead i would rather teach you how to eat and realize that there's no really good food or bad food are there foods that promote your health absolutely are there foods that make us feel great and other foods make us not feel as great absolutely are there foods that help you achieve your goals faster than others? Absolutely. However, there's no morality to food. So when we create a meal plan, I feel like inherently we're saying these are good or acceptable foods and everything else is not. So we're contributing to that self-shame and guilt spiral anytime we're giving a meal plan and telling someone they've got to follow this to the T because willpower and nuance of a meal plan only lasts so long. It's very true. Did you have an experience like this yourself through your journey with food? I actually haven't asked you this before, but I think this is a good question to touch on. I really did. Um, back in 2016, um, this is in, in the peak of when I was a personal trainer, I lost my dad. And I'm sorry, it's 2015. I lost my dad and I unknowingly to me at that point, this is, I, I think it was just starting dietetic school. So unknowingly to me that summer, I emotionally ate probably a positive 30 pounds or so. And my activity level was really low. And I was, I was obviously grieving and going through a lot. And there was a lot of change for me. And then I decided, okay, I like, I'm unhappy in my body. I need to do something. And so I decided to do a bikini fitness competition. And I hired a personal trainer who gave me a very regimented meal plan and had me doing workouts, sometimes two a days, five days a week with very limited caloric intake. And I was so strict and so quote good on this meal plan until I wasn't. And when I wasn't, it was not just, oh, I'm going to have a cookie or two. It's I'm going to have a whole sleeve of cookies. Um, I can't keep this kind of stuff in my house because I feel like I'm going to overdo it all the time type situation, right? And so I realized at that point, okay, this super structured meal plan, it doesn't really work. Why doesn't it work? And then I started learning more about the psychology behind what our brain goes through when we are told we can't have something. I think we all know the answer, right? It's exactly what we're told we can't have is what we want. Our brain is, is kind of like torture. Uh, we want exactly what we're told we can't have. And the same goes for food. And so as I was told, you know, you can't have sugar and you can't have carbohydrates and you can't have alcohol. I craved those things that much harder. And so when I did get around them and I did have them, it, there was no sense of portion control. It was let me get as much as I can right now because I don't know when I'm going to allow myself to have this again. And so that is why I took, I took my experience there. And that's why I teach 
and implement nutrition in the way that I do now in a non-restrictive way. And I can tell you, you know, a lot of people think, oh, non-restrictive, I'm going to gain a bunch of weight. It often is quite the opposite. People tend to lose weight the less restrictive they are because there's no benders on food like I was just talking about going through myself. I think that's an amazing story. First of all, thank you for sharing because a lot of people relate to having that feeling of, oh, I can't have this, right? It's don't open Pandora's box, right? And then they open it and then it's like, oh, all these things. And then they, you know, there's the binge eating and all this other stuff that goes on. So I'm so glad that you shared that story. I think so many people benefit from hearing that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of places to eat around Tampa, right? Do you have a favorite place to eat in the area or a favorite thing to do? Oh my gosh, this is, this is a tough question um, because there's so much good food here and you're asking a dietitian. I feel like it's kind of not fair. Um, <laughs> kind of not fair, but uh, I would say like one of the things that I love about Tampa Bay area is that we have a lot of Cuban flair here. We have a lot of Cuban influence, especially over on the Tampa Bay side. However, if you're in Pinellas County, I highly recommend checking out the Floridian for lunch. It's on Treasure Island, just across the bridge from the mainland. One of the best old spots to get a traditional Cuban sandwich on the beach. Absolutely delicious. If you're over in Tampa, highly, highly recommend more traditional Cuban food at the Columbia and Ebor. Or if you're feeling fancy, head out to the one on Siesta Key in Clearwater. Catch the view at sunset. It's amazing. And like we were talking before we hit record, I'm totally adding all these to my own list. You guys, (laughs) when on earth can you ask a dietitian their favorite place to eat? I think this is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) And the last question that I have is any piece of advice for people who are struggling with their nutrition? I do. And I was thinking about this question um, since you so kindly prepped me for for our chat today. I was thinking about this. Because there are so many, girl, we could have a whole podcast week devoted to all the fads with nutrition and the false information that's out there. Hashtag find yourself a dietitian, right? Just a little plug there um, because they know what they're talking about. Uh, (laughs) But one of the things that came to mind for me that I see so often is this kind of like on the fence argument pro or or con for taking multivitamins right it I feel like people are in one of two camps either die hard yes take a multivitamin every single day or no you probably don't need it don't take it it's just expensive urine etc so my response to that is kind of interesting and I felt like it would benefit our listeners as well as the overall Um, population of Tampa Bay, my home community that I love and support so much. So what got me thinking was typically the people who say, no, you absolutely don't need a multivitamin are those that are eating more air quotes here, clean, right? So clean eating. What I mean by that is they're eating a lot of produce, a lot of fruits and vegetables every day, whole grains, lean proteins, very mindful about what goes into their body. You know, they're not having a lot of processed foods, et cetera, et cetera. Those individuals tend to be part of the camp of, no, I don't need a multivitamin. I'm getting it from my food, right? And then the other side, 
the people who are like, yeah, you absolutely need a multivitamin. I find a lot of times, and this isn't always the case, of course, but I find a lot of times that those are individuals who tend to be eating more processed foods and packaged goods and pre-prepared or convenience foods and, and no shame on either side of this, right? Um, everybody has their preferences and their reasons for the foods that they choose. However, I would say we kind of have to flip this here. Those that are eating more clean foods should be the ones considering taking a multivitamin. And here's why. Oftentimes in America, I would even say more often than not, our packaged and processed goods are enriched with vitamins and minerals. So if you look on the back of a nutrition label for, for a loaf of bread in your fridge, if you're a weirdo and store it in your fridge like me, or if you look um, at the at the box of cereal in your pantry um, or some of the packaged goods, you might see enriched white flour or enriched rice or whatever. And people don't really understand what that means. That means that they stripped away the vitamins and minerals and then re-enriched that food with vitamins and minerals. So these packaged goods have vitamins and minerals added to them, right? So if your diet is primarily at this time, packaged goods, pre-prepared products, convenience foods, things that contain enriched ingredients, you may not need a multivitamin because you're getting a lot of it from your food. On the flip side, individuals who are eating, air quotes again, very clean, um, one of the things that we want to think about is our soil in a lot of areas, unless you're eating organically, majority of the time, our soil is over tilled and over farmed. It's nutrient depleted and the produce coming from it is also nutrient depleted. So as a part of onboarding all of my clients, I do a nutrient analysis on their average intake for a week or so. And I find that a lot of people on either side of the fence are coming up short in many of their vitamins and minerals. They're just not getting what they need. And so I will prescribe something along the lines of a food-based multivitamin or a food-based dietary supplement as a multivitamin. What does that mean? It is not your Centrum, Silver, one-a-day women's Walmart, Sam's Club brand vitamin that you find on the shelf. A lot of those out the same way they go in as a whole tablet. They're not digested very well in our intestinal uh, lining because they're partially synthetic, they're lab created, um, they, can, they can contain heavy metals or toxins in them. Um, they're not necessarily the best choice, right? If you look on a label, on the front of the vitamin label, it should say food-based dietary supplement, whole food supplement, food-based multivitamin, whole food multivitamin, something along those lines, designated that it's made from food. So they take the entire carrot and smash it down, the entire apple and crush it down. And they use the vitamins and minerals from fruits and vegetables to create this food product that is completely absorbable in your gut. So long and the short, if you are someone who is eating really clean, I kind of liken it to gap insurance, cover the gap, take a multivitamin daily, or even just a couple of days a week to boost your overall nutrition punchline and make sure that you're hitting the mark across the board for optimal metabolic function. 
great piece of advice and something I didn't really know too, because although we have like one or two nutrition classes in PT school, obviously you guys spent four years looking at this stuff. So I appreciate the advice. I think the listeners learned a lot today. Do you have any parting words before we end today's episode for the listeners? If you have any struggle with nutrition, if this resonated with you at all, reach out to me. I want to hear about it. Find me on Instagram at trainer Shannon. You can find me on my website, Shannon Parks RD for registered dietitian.com, shannonparksrd.com, or you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Shannon Parks RD. I cannot wait to hear from you. It was so much fun hopping on here. Tampa Bay, do me a favor and just live well. Live well. There you go. And you guys, Shannon is Renewal Rehab's like dietitian. So if you guys come on in, you'll get to hang out with her and see her too. So check out all the links in the show notes to get connected with Shannon. And like she said, live well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Live Well Tampa podcast. We truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. This episode was sponsored by Renewal Rehab where we help people who are dealing with a nagging injury get back to doing the things that they love pain-free. We are located in Hyde Park, Largo, Wesley Chapel, and several more locations to come. If you enjoyed this episode and you believe it would benefit a friend or family member, please be sure to share it with them. If you haven't already, be sure to join our Facebook group, the Live Well Tampa Community, and follow us on Instagram at Renewal Rehab. If you'd like to connect further, please email us at renewalrehabpt at gmail.com. Feel well? eat well, live well.